Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. My name is Jonah. My name is Brad. Hi, I'm Benny. Wow. <laughs> Did you guys like that? that? That was nice. <laughs> that was like that was like nineteen uh, twenties like nineteen twenties, Benny. Yeah, hello, no, this Benny, is Benny. Welcome. Have you ever been in a physical fight? Yes. <laughs> physical fight as opposed to screaming at your wife. I've never been I've, I've never <laughs> been in an actual fight. I've been in like the last time I was in a one-on-one proper fight confrontation, I was like 12 or 13. Okay. It was yeah. like 8th grade. Um but since just because of like touring and shows and a crazy run my friends had in college where they were really crazy I've been part of many giant fucking to-dos where tons of people are going at it and tons of crazy shit's happening. But I, the last time I actually like put up your dukes and squared off with somebody was, yeah, like in eighth grade. So probably about 1991 or two at this point. Okay. Long time. No, like I managed to stay out of fights I think for the most like part. A, like a smaller person like me and brad are i feel like you find a way to just sort of run away run away <laughs> but i'm you, not proud of this yeah but you but guys are like, so don't you think it'd be weird also if i was like oh, dude i've been so many fucking fights. it would really <laughs> surprise me if you told me you were because like my personality has like gotten me into trouble yeah because i've been in instances where i either said the wrong thing or the fact that i'm a big guy who's being so like loud and outgoing for some reason that like draws shitty people to you sometimes where they're like have this natural instinct to try and take you down a peg right luckily for me i have a very soft inside you know what i mean like i cannot even see a fight without being disturbed by it like i hate violence i hate injustice to people like i can't take it but my six foot three large frame <laughs> and long hair and facial hair and tattoos and all this can easily allow me to cultivate an image of a super tough person. And since I've been inside of a lot of confrontations over the years, I'm not too phased by it. So, like, the fact that I have my size and I can approach the confrontation with, with confidence just makes people think I can really fuck them up, even though I have no idea how to fight. Well, so that's... I'm going to edit that out? That's a good thing for me. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, the fucking <laughs> Kung Fu Lu is going to come after me now? <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I stay out of trouble. There's very few people who I think would be like, oh, who are now licking their chops at the fact that I just admitted to the fact that I'm not much of a fighter. I don't think there's a lot of people who are... Uh, who are going to come after me, Brad? Nah, I think I'm all right, so. Benny. I think everybody likes you, man. But sometimes in like a bar or something, some guys out of line. Like I'm mouthy, you know what I mean? If someone's doing something that I think sucks, like I'm pretty quick to say it. Even the not that long ago, I felt like a real badass, and I didn't even realize I did it until after. I'm on the train, have my headphones in. I'm a little stoned, kind of in my own world, and I hate when I see like older woman with bags or a woman with a kid or an older guy just someone who needs a fucking seat not getting a seat from like a young more than capable person of standing it just it upsets me when i see it and uh the other day i saw a woman get into a train and 
clearly struggling, looking around, waiting for someone to be cool. No one was cool. The guy sitting next to me, just staring at his phone, looked around the train. I knew he was aware of the people standing around him. He wasn't just in his thing. Right, right. And I just looked down, tapped the guy in the shoulder. (laughs) He looks up at me and I just gave him one of these. (laughs) I gave him like a little wand, like you need to get up. I pointed at this woman and I just, with literally my hand, I made the whole thing happen. He did it. Right. He actually got up. And like, and then, and then, this woman who saw the whole thing happen, I kind of like guided her into her seat and like didn't even look at the guy again. And it felt it's something I would just never do when I was like 16 that I'm just so oddly comfortable doing now. That's amazing. Yeah. It's weird. But what is that guy going to say to me? That's where I knew I'm in this situation where like, are you going to get up and confront me? About the fact that I asked you to give up your seat for like an older woman with a lot of bags. No, that's like what kind of asshole are you? So like, no, when you think it through logically, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty smart move, but it's you know most people just can't be forward like that. Yeah, even when it's absolutely the right thing to do. Well, the world is generally just like totally scared and full of shit right now. A lot of it, you know. This is true. So if you can Fear. combat it, one jerky subway rider at a time you know (laughs) that's true and you gotta pay it forward like every time i do something like that like i want to sit in a train it's so much nicer to like read a book when you're like sitting and chilling like but every time i do something like that i always think of myself as an old person you know what i mean and when you're sitting when I'm when I get up and I don't want to get up. Oh yeah, yeah. When I'm like fuck, I got it's not like <laughs> it's not like I'm some naturally altruistic person who's like I'm dying for this person to need a seat so I can get up. I don't want to fucking get up, but I'm doing it because I hope when I'm like 60 with mad bags, some like young guy sitting there or some young woman sitting there is like, "Hey, or please take my seat," you know? Yeah, there's like I mean, for some people I feel like it's you just you know that you have to get up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like maybe that, there was even a time when that was, that there wasn't a question. It wasn't mm. like, oh, man, do I have to get up for this? It was kind of like, you, ha- you have to get up. You had yeah. to get up. The way you held doors for people. Like, sure, it wasn't like a question. I do notice a difference in, like, age, who does it and who doesn't, and also cultures. I think there are a lot of cultures in the world where this, like, general etiquette of giving up your seat to women and opening doors for women and stuff i guess apparently is not commonplace well i read a book too about like taking care like about older people in the medical and how like a lot of older people used to live with their families like and you sort of take care of them and now we kind of like ship them off to these like assisted living and sort of like like all right see ya we'll Mm -hmm. see you once a month or whatever and it's a totally different culture and in some other Especially in Asian culture and that kind of stuff, like, you know, like your grandparents move in with you and they live and you take care of them and they took care of you. And it's you're more kind of ingrained in that. Totally. You know, you can't just kind of push it away. Maybe that's one of the reasons we're generally getting dumber as a culture, because we're taking all of our information on how to live and act from young people who don't know yet. Yeah. When we used to kind of value what people who have been through the ringer a few times say. Be like, oh, okay, you know what? I don't know. I can't fact check this person. I don't know if it's true or not, but they're 60. They went to war. 
they saw this, they saw that. Maybe they fucking know something. Right. Maybe just by being alive at 75 years old, you just know something. You know a couple things that the kids don't know. And shipping them off to somewhere where like, all right, we'll see grandma on Easter. And she'll ask you about school and uncomfortably kiss you and you have no relationship and, and you know, and that's that. Maybe that's one of the reasons America's uh, getting uh, dumber right now. Possible. Because uh, we want to talk to our old people. <laughs> Today on the podcast. Wait, uh, this is the Benny Bonus podcast. This is a Benny Bonus. <laughs> yeah, what's going on right now? Aren't we introing Mikey Earth? Yeah, that's what I was about to do. Because <laughs> you asked me if I'd ever been in a fight. Was, so yeah, what I, was your segue there? I don't know. I just thought it'd be like a fun, <laughs> short way to kick things off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Jonah's uh, been sizing other men up lately. He man, feels like he needs to, to prove something. Look, today, I feel bad. I just hijacked Mikey. No, it's fine. But today in the podcast, our guest is Mikey Erg. <laughs> Great uh, guy. Great guy. Talented. From the Ergs. He has a solo album that came out recently called Tentative Decisions, produced by Jeff Rosenstock, who mm. you know, Benny, because I do. you played in a band with him. I do. I also know Mikey Erg. You also know Mikey Erg. Yeah. So, uh... Good dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey Erg, Jeff Rosenstock. I feel like we've, we've talked enough, so let's let them talk. Let's let them talk to us. Yeah, let's let them speak to us. Let's, Mikey Erg is such a talented kid yes. that he makes me mad. Yeah. Because he's such a better everything than me in music. He's good. He's yeah. good at everything. Yeah, he so, is. Ladies and gentlemen, Mikey Erg and Jeff Rosenstein. Mikey Erg. It's going on track! All right, you guys good? I think so. All right, here we are. Uh, Mikey Erg. Hello. Guest host, back again. It's been a while. Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah, thanks for having me uh, back as a guest host. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for texting me yesterday. <laughs> I mean, like, Mikey's coming. Can I come? And I was like, yes. Yeah, I just wanted amazing. to hang out with Mikey. I assume I mean, it's been a while. I assume that both of you guys are sort of never in town at the same time or something. We were in town at the same time for about a month and a half <laughs> when we made this, <laughs> we made this record together, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I listened to the first song on your record on the way here. Um... So it's fresh in my head. Awesome, awesome. Um, did you do it the same way you did Laura's work? Did you do it at your place? Um, we, we did like the basic tracks at a studio called Headroom in Philadelphia, which yeah, is like, you know, that. the rhythm guitars and the bass and the drums. And then we had like the luxury of doing the rest at the apartment. So like I didn't have to sing 15 vocal tracks in one day and all that like yeah, it's nice to always do vocals at my house because yeah. then you could do it for like an hour and a half and be like, okay, I'm done and nothing's weird. You just watch movies for a little bit, it, hang yeah. out, and then yeah. it was definitely the most, day, it was the most relaxed I've ever been like doing vocals. Like that feel, I feel like that's always like the hardest part of making a record for me. Yeah. Nobody likes singing on a record. Right. I don't know. That can't be true. I don't think anybody I know who sings in a band is like, all right, I'm ready. Have I'm you ready ever, for vocals. did you sing on your? I've done like backing, not really. I'm not, I, I I feel I hate my voice. Nobody, did any singers in your band, in your bands ever just like, all right, man, I fucking nailed it. Let's do another one. <laughs> no, like, no. That never happens. Usually it's done somewhere where I'm not even around and then I hear it like six months later. I'm like, yeah. that sounds cool. I'm sure the vocalists prefer that. Like, yeah. Vocalists, no one else right. in the room. Sorry. Well, I feel like oh, it's sorry. so much Whatever. more no, singers. Vocalists. Like, <laughs> I feel like I would be so much more self-conscious recording singing than like playing guitar like you feel so much more vulnerable I'd yeah and it's like you can't like you can retune your guitar you can't like 
your voice is how your voice is that day. And right. You can't change it. Like, yeah. and you know. your voice is how your voice is for all time. Yeah, right. And every <laughs> review that says anything negative is always about how your voice is bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that's genetically a part of you that you can't change. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. So it could get pretty stressful to do those, but. Not this time. No. It was fun. It was, it was nice. fun doing vocals with Mikey because, you know, we're in the small... You've been in that room where we did yes. Back to the Island. So we're in the small room. He's just screaming. Ah, just screaming. Just like fist down. Just going for it. <laughs> Jeff, what's the biggest difference between recording a record with Mikey and recording a record with Laura Stevenson? <laughs> um, Aside from the fact that Laura... No, it's actually all the same band members. And Laura it is? sang, uh, I'd say, 95% of the vocals mm-hmm. on... The Mike Ear yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you, you heard it here first. Mostly backups and shaker from Mikey. I don't know why we're labeling it as such. I, I think I think Don Giovanni didn't want to put two Laura Stevenson albums out so close together. <laughs> it's a contractual <laughs> thing. Right. Just named one Mikey Ergen one. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's all, they actually both were pretty similar. I guess Laura's, the difference between, I would say, is that Laura's band is a band all the time. This band was the first time we really played together was for this record yeah um two days before. so in so that was awesome for laura's record because they're super <clears throat> locked in they know about each other they know how to play off of each other um and with our band it was cool because it like brought a cool energy to it that it was just like all right man let's go like yeah. people playing together for the first time i guess and, this is happening let's yeah make it happen. yeah and it was it was fun you know it's yeah. like a kind of dangerous energy to playing it's like all right let's do this let's see how this goes yeah um and everything was tracked live so it wasn't like there was any multi-tracking on either of those records which mm-hmm. uh yeah it's pretty much the same like this one was tracked to tape lower record i think we didn't we didn't go to tape until later on uh those are some differences same same label same label uh oh, uh started by same one graphic of, designer <laughs> started yeah. by one of my old interns in cleveland zach Ieski. oh yes yeah Love that guy. We grew up together. Love that guy. Yeah. Was, and me and you met, I think, at Jeff's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Did you have a birthday party at someone else's backyard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> JT from uh, the Arrogant Sons of Bitches backyard. Yeah. Yeah. My my old ska band. <laughs> As opposed to my new ska bands. Mikey Erg. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did, did you guys, how long have you guys known each other? Because I'd imagine you would have crossed paths a lot in your, in the punk I was trying scene. to think. I know... The Ergs played with ASOB like, yeah, we didn't know in like two thousand two or something. I can't even remember Rockville that Center, I believe. Yeah, at uh, we both played the same show with Man Planet, right? That that, that sounds right. It, was it Man Planet Some, or was something it Super like, Drag? It definitely wasn't Super, it wasn't drag. super drag. I would have remembered. Super, I I would have. Uh, <laughs> you would have been like, who is this kid going absolutely <laughs> ape shit for Super Drag? I saw Super Drag <laughs> in that same room. Oh, really? This wow, room is that's like. Awesome. Uh, how would you describe Backstreet Blues? How many times have you been Sports bar kind of, but, a, but, but like, okay. or a very, very, very nice dive bar. It's really small. It's really it's like small. It's not a place. But I, I remember the first thing that Jeff and I did when we got into that room was it, they had, it was one of the first times we saw like a Touch Tunes jukebox. <laughs> and whenever we saw the Touch Tunes jukebox, because it was always in like a weird bar or something, we'd always put in like 10 bucks and put in the first me puppets album and just freak out everybody that was in the room because it's pretty i don't know if you've ever heard the first me puppets album the the second one just called two the second one's two yeah Yeah, the first one just called me puppets and it's literally just like hardcore noise with this guy going like 
like for 15 minutes and i remember we we did that like right when we got in that room because it looked it felt like that was the type of room that we should do that in um but that's about all i remember i know i was a big fan of your band i wrote like uh the ergs myspace of fan mail (laughs) during bond the music industry that's funny our bands are both from the northeast we should play shows together and uh, Joe Reback was like, yeah, we should. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then we did, and it was kind of towards the end of the erg. Yeah, I remember, like, I, I think we, it gives us the Less Than Jake shows that we actually really kind of... St- well, we played those, uh, we played two shows. This, is this... <laughs> Welcome to a podcast where you're hearing two musicians <laughs> talk about what shows they might have played together 10 years ago. Uh, we played those two shows with Cheeky and Bridge and Tunnel. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, at the end of the Asian Man tour, which... I was just so stoked to play with you, and then we yeah. were on that Ergs, the Lesson Jake tour. Oh right, out. yeah. What one of those? One of those was in Trenton, right? Isn't I th- that? Well, I have, I, I can <laughs> picture the room. I have no yeah. idea where it was. Um, yeah, and then those Lesson Jake shows, which were awesome. And then I was watching the Fest just put up uh, our last performance at Fest, which where we did we did two sets because we were breaking up, and Tony was like. Dead to me canceled. Do two sets. When was this? So two thousand eight. Okay. And so we did like uh, both at the ven at the venue. Like so we did these two like forty five minute sets at the venue. And during books about Miles Davis, like all of you guys were up like doing the end of books about Miles Davis with us and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't remember that happening. Yeah. Also, you guys are playing the fest this year, right? We are. Yeah. Um, are you going to be a fest this year? Mm-hmm. And my band's playing fest this year. So everyone should buy tickets. I don't, it's probably going to sell it's out. It's going to be great. <laughs> Fest.net. Fest.net. Buy your tickets now. <laughs> Backslash Florida. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't want to get tickets to the wrong fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made that mistake Yeah, before. yeah. You're welcome, Tony. Uh, <laughs> dude, so last time me and Mikey hung out, I was like, I'm in the guest list for the Mel and Collins show. You should come out. I have no one else that's going to want to be a plus one. <laughs> And we should Because we talked about it at your... Bro- I was like, oh, yeah. I'd love to see yeah. Mel and Collins. I was Collins. like, I got an yeah. extra ticket. How we- was it? Well, I actually was not on the guest list, <laughs> and it was super embarrassing, and then me and Mikey just stood outside and could kind of hear, like, like Bullion. We're like, let's just wait for Bullion, yeah. and then we went to the levee. So we just kind of stood outside, <laughs> listened to it, like, muffled, and then went to the levee. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good night. Yeah. I, I had a blast. Yeah, it was. Mikey was so nice about it because I feel like this always happens, like on a date or something, where you really want to impress yeah. someone. I was like, oh, it's the first time we're hanging out, and it's like, yeah, n- you're not important. And then like, I was like, should I buy tickets? And I was like, I don't really care that much. How much for tickets? Are probably like I don't twenty think we, bucks. Yeah, something. probably something like twenty bother. bucks. <laughs> like just around where? Well, something like- happened with the the tour manager. Some like the tour manager. Oh, they're supposed to do the podcast. Like I basically like fucked over like four times in one day, and I was like, I don't even really care. Why am I putting so much effort into, <laughs> into Millen Collins? Yeah, although I did. I posted, <laughs> they made a few really good records. They made a few really they good did. records, and I just posted a thing on Instagram of that Down by Law record. Yeah. Oh, what that? that record? Yeah, I love up. that. I mean, that so that was like one of the first like when i got i got the punkorama one sampler and that mm-hmm. was like kind of like oh, bright green globe yeah, yeah. bright yeah. green globe i was like holy shit like this is the beatles but it's like yeah punk rock this yeah. is amazing and like they were my favorite band for a long time some other songs that i enjoyed on that comp well i mean sidekicks yeah uh, no 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 punkorama one hyena uh I want to riot without wanna, stubborn all that, stars. That's, is that's on my there. favorite. That's the jam. Version. Oh, is that awesome RKL song on it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, um, what else? 
as an there's, there's like an old offspring song. I remember. Yeah, I Je- Jennifer oh, yeah. lost the like, war. I was like, oh, yeah. this must oh be my a, god, what a, a song lost offspring is. song or something. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, this is. I, I liked it a lot better than the like smash. Yeah. I never. You know, don't I, call me white. Song there. Don't call me white. Yeah, yeah, that is true. There's another no effect song, right? Liza and Louise. La- Maybe, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they just like, and like now it seems so obvious. Like, yeah, all the hits, but at the time it was like, what are all these bands? Brand new. And I have it on vinyl, which I guess is oh, like, that's pretty cool. Pretty crazy. I have to say, like, not to talk more shit, but, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I feel like, <laughs> but fat, uh, what well, Mike and Mike Yerg hate each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I will say the offspring, I think, of all those bands holds up the worst. Which is crazy because they sold twenty billion more records than anyone yeah. else ever. I mean, I I I like the first two Offspring records way better than I like any they smash and anything after that. For oh, some I reason. thought there was Ignition. There was another one. Yeah, there's that? one yeah, called the Offspring, the Offspring, which is I, I think the I one ever that heard that. Jennifer that was lost weird. the wars on. Really? It is weird, which is why I like it a lot. <laughs> I like Smash. I think y'all I mean, are crazy. I mean, Smash is like one of the the gateway records for all of us. I'm I think sure. it was it's, the gateway it, record for yeah. me. It I went a, to Epitaph instead of Lookout. It was a gateway record, but I also feel like you go back and you listen to like Dookie and Out Come the Wolves and that stuff. And mm-hmm. to me, like Smash like doesn't stack up to that. Just I, for me personally, I, mean, I, I like yeah, Epitaph. I kind of agree. Like, it's, but that, I don't know, just like the... The production, like the, so- I don't know. It's all great songs, great energy. <laughs> Sound like you're having a lot of See, fun up there. <laughs> I always thought nice guys, nice guys. <laughs> Lyrically, I wasn't ever super into Offspring. Yeah, I think that was that was where I I kind of they lost me a little I bit. I think you two are thinking about this as people in their <laughs> mid thirties and forgetting how awesome it was when you were like thirteen yeah. to hear like. To hear, that's like, true. you stupid, dumb, dumb shit. Guy. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. I also, I mean, I'm not a trendy <laughs> asshole. Don't give a fuck if it's good enough for you. Because I'm alive, yeah. I also love nothing more than to make offspring puns to Adam Willard. And it's given me so much <laughs> so much ammo about keeping things separated. <laughs> that I can't really hate on it. Um, you're punish. a pun master. And, you know, you can't expect an artist to not create that's at true. all, at that's all true. hours of the day. That is true. Uh, Mikey, uh, I wanted to talk to you. We talked about this a little last time we hung out. I bet uh-huh. you have something to say about this. Cle- we're talking about Cleveland. Cleveland. and Ohio? Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, do you remember this band, the Beatnik Termites? Because I felt like they were right <laughs> when I was like 15, 16, getting into punk. Like Pat Beatnik, and that was like the coolest band around. And I feel like I never hear about them. And I brought them up to Mikey, and he knew a hundred times more than I did. <laughs> like what they're doing now, every record. Yeah, I just... I- like I've ended up in a scene where like I mean I've played I played with them as recently as like you know a few months ago. That is so in Baltimore. wild to me. Um, but they were Recess Records, Bubblecore. Like, oh yeah. And Recess, I like they were. On I, they were. On, I didn't Bubblecore know that was on either. Recess, I and I worshipped were... Recess like when I was first getting into wait this stuff. Bubble, Who is Bubblecore? Bubblecore is their, their like third album. <laughs> who is okay. Bubblecore? <laughs> It's the Beatnik, it's a Beatnik Termites album. Sometimes, well, Grandma. Sometimes, well, sometimes we end up conversations about music here, and I'm like embarrassed I don't know something. And this, I'm like, I'm not embarrassed. I don't know what the third Beatnik Termites record is. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's great. They were, they were, they were phenomenal. Um, yeah, so I ended up, like, I'm st- I still end up playing on, on bills with them, like, in Baltimore and stuff. That's cool. That is They're cool. Right. I mean, what was sort of the bands, like, your gateway bands to, like, get into punk aside from The Offspring? Cyber and the Osprey. Um, you know, it's it's I I think about it a lot because like it's it's so hard to remember now that like, everything kind of blends together. Like obviously, you know, Rancid and Green Day, hearing them, and then like I definitely 
very early on. Like, got that Punkarama comp just because I was like, oh, I'm punk. I want right. to check out this punk thing. And were, were you in before Green Day and Offspring broke, or did you? Or, right around. How old are you? I'm 35. Okay, I'm 36. We're so pr- like, probably on the same. 34 this year. Yeah, I same. was in like in terms of like, I listened to Nirvana and kind of like checked out, like I guess more gr- more grunge. But I feel like that was like they were all influenced by, but not like, like the Ramones or the Clash or anything like that. I got into see that I I'm ch- I can't remember the timeline because I like I I used to watch those like rock and roll history rock and roll like pbs documentaries and stuff yeah like like that's how i got into like jonathan richmond the modern lovers and the clash and like the pistols and all that stuff and i think that was before the like mid-90s pop punk thing but and then like no no effects was definitely a gate like no effects and 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 down by law like i bought those records pretty early on and like Heard they suck live was like the first no effects record I bought. I like, this oh, is wow. in- this is incredible. Great so first no effects it's a great first I remember no being record. at the CD store trying to decide between buying that record or Marilyn Manson Smells Like Children. <laughs> like it's crazy, like the dilemmas you'll have. <laughs> right. It was like the most important decision I'd ever I was like, Well, I clearly can't afford two CDs. Yeah. I- <laughs> Choice between a live no effects record and a enhanced Marilyn Manson EP. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember Making having to make that decision with Rage Against the Machine self titled and Siamese Dream. I think they both came out on the same day. Wow. And I was like, uh and I went with Rage Against the Machine. But then I went back, bought Siamese Dream and it was you know, they're both classics. Oh, this is another <laughs> dilemma I had like I remember asking the C D store about this one. Curious where you guys would weigh in on this. Faith No More Angel Dust uh-huh. mm-hmm. versus Megadeth Euthanasia. Faith No More Angel Dust. Yeah. Not even I guess I'd have to... Euthanasia has some pretty ripping songs. Like a Two Lamond. Yeah. I mean... Was that the oh, one... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was, was the one, one wait, with Symphony of Destruction? Was it Rust of Peace? Yeah, wait, was it, was it... Wait, what was the one? Countdown to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction. That was the one with all the hits. Yeah, that was... Yeah. I mean, I that was, was incredible. Count, I think it was Countdown. That seems like it would have been... And I was era. already, like, before... Even before, like, I was into Nirvana, like, I had a friend who was into metal, and he got me into, like, all the old Metallica stuff, and, like... Megadeth. You know what my, a song off that record I listened to recently Anthrax. that is so weird? Yeah. Is s- sweating Bullets. Sweating Bullets yeah, is the, the weirdest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's Foreclosure so good. of a Dream. Oh yeah, that f- that fucking record. I mean, but You're Rust Rust in Peace is the shit too. I, yeah, Rust, <laughs> Hangar 18. I mean, like yeah, you yeah. can't really. I remember I tried to learn that in guitar and gave up after like five minutes. Yeah. I was like, I'm never gonna be this good. Yeah, that riff and rust and peace. Yeah, they were riff masters. They were. Um, were you big into like? Because a big another big punk comp for me was Survival of the Fattest too. Yeah, yeah I mean that was so. That I remember was, I, I went to you know went to ninety six Warp Tour. Yes, and like because and so because we saw the we we're saw at Asbury Park at Asbury water. Park, but yeah. we saw, we saw the ad and spin, and we were like. Like, oh, this is awesome. And you know how, like, the ad and spin for Warp Tour had the entire lineup? Mm-hmm. So, like, even the bands that only played the West Coast and shit. And, like, yeah. a friend of mine... So stoked to see the Deftones who did not play. A friend, friend of mine wanted to go see 311 so bad. And <laughs> I wanted to see Goldfinger, who were, like, my favorite band at the time. Yeah. And, uh, because I got through, got into them through, like, 120 minutes or something. And, um... It's funny how with Goldfinger, <laughs> like, when we were kids, we didn't know that, like... 
some of these bands came from like a scene and a whole thing. Yeah. And then there's this Goldfinger record. You're like, oh, this is all the That's same. Still, like, Why do all these bands talk shit about Goldfinger? It sounds put, like they're making the same kind of music. <laughs> I put that album on like three days ago and it fuck, I fucking love it. It's a great like, record. I only saw them once opening for the Sex Pistols. <laughs> That's that amazing. That is appropriate. I saw them a few times. But anyway, we, yeah, we, we got to Warp Tour and neither 311 or Goldfinger were playing. And... I was just like, oh, fuck, but like at least No Effects is playing and Down by Law is playing. And yeah. then I remember someone handed me, like they were just handing out yeah. Survival of the Fattest. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, and took it home and immediately, like, my favorite bands on it were Propagani, Bracket, like, yeah. Snuff, like the bands that didn't oh, sound snuff. like No Effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Snuff, like, ended up being my, like, absolute favorite of the fat bands. I like, listened to Tweet Tweet, my lovely, oh. like, two days ago. Th- that record's what great. A what a record. That band made that great record. Yeah. Really great good. Record. Also, Guns and Wankers. Guns and Wankers. That, Come on. Yeah, I have like, I finally, after years of searching, I found like the UK <laughs> pressing of the CD of the Guns and Wankers record, which is like all their seven inches combined, but it, it has like two extra songs. Because Mike the UK told me version. at one point that like they had three, they had like a punk album, yeah, like it's a like metal the, one. Yeah, the three seven inches are like punk, metal, and hardcore. How is the non-punk stuff? It's is, rad. It, like it's really? all on that CD except for like they took like two tracks okay. off. How are the, how are those? They're great. Yeah, um, I believe it. But they're, yeah, like, yeah, the Guns and Wankers, like the, the pop punk Guns and Wankers songs are like, Amazing. So great. Uh, so yeah, that was like that was definitely a gateway too where I got that. I was like, okay, I gotta get all these snuff records, I gotta get all these propagandi records. And then N- Warp Tour ninety seven, someone handed me like same same exact deal, someone handed me Honest Don's Welcome Wagon. Oh yeah. And man. I was like, now all of this is awesome. Because it was like <laughs> the teen idols, and we were like, Holy shit, that this is amazing. Yeah. The teen idols. Chicks dig it, like all these bands that like I still to this day like put on those records all the time like that that was real I, I was like i like the fat records like sub-label like, did you that's like mad the caddies a lot loved that first mad caddies album is brilliant yeah i stick by that to i this think the first two the, yeah duck and cover is great too cover. yeah yeah so good yeah oh, man love it you guys are getting me nostalgic yeah i have a present for you after this interview that's gonna, it's gonna oh, feed awesome. right into this sweet um so you've been in like 700 bands or something? I think 700. Was it officially 703? I think so. Because yeah. we just met recently, but I feel like. Uh, so you, you're just like a new person to me. Like you haven't right. really done anything up until we met in, in my mind. Um, <laughs> Most people probably. But, but like, what's. So the Ergs obviously broke up. Then you've been doing all this other stuff in between. I mean, what's sort of your kind of trajectory been like, I guess? Um, for people that aren't well, familiar with it or didn't do research. So. I started the first like touring punk band I was ever in was called Dirt Bike Annie and I joined that band in 2000 like right out of high school and they were my favorite like they were uh, they were I don't know if you remember Mutant Pop Records oh yeah um but they were they had a 7 inch on Mutant Pop and a CD on Mutant Pop that I just like absolutely was head over heels for and um you know, just kind of went to see them every chance I could get because they were from New York and eventually they needed a drummer. And like Joe from the Ergs before this, you know, we were just high school kids and Joe was like, yeah, you know, Mike would absolutely join your band if you needed a drummer. So I tried out and then I didn't get in because I was like 18 and didn't drink and didn't, you know, 
didn't party really. And, uh, and then like they got someone else and then he didn't work out. And then they had a show booked and they were like, Hey, can you just come play the show with us? And I ended up playing the show and it went fine. And then I just joined this band and, uh, and then we went on tour and then that kind of started me on this whole like touring (laughs) trajectory. And then the Ergs kind of started around the same time. And then we kind of, we went on tour with Dirt by Ganny, and then we started booking our own shows. And so that was, I was doing those two bands for a while. And then I joined a band called the Kung Fu Monkeys, which was also on Mutant Pop. And I joined a band called the Unlovables. And then, so I was doing like four or five bands at a time for a while. And then it just snowballed from there. And then like, I guess I, I guess I was just doing the Ergs for like from like 2005 on until 2008. Cause that became like a, we toured a lot and made a bunch of records. And then once the Ergs broke up, I was like, okay, I got to join every band, every, <laughs> band that, every band that I can join. Um, it's funny that when like your thing ends, if you're, if you're, you like, like, it sounds like a corny thing to say, but like, yeah. if, you, if you're like a, if you love music through and through and you mm-hmm. love playing music, like it's impossible to stop. And that's yeah. kind of what it felt like when the Ergs broke up. When I saw the stuff you were doing, it was like, yeah, man, Mike's Mike's a fucking drummer. He's a yeah. guitar player. He wants to play. And with like the like a lot of a lot of the I've been doing a lot of like interviews and stuff for this record, and like talking about like how I hadn't really written in a long time, and like I definitely needed that break of like I don't have to be the songwriter anymore. I can just like fucking play guitar, bass, drums, like whatever I can do in whatever band that I can do it in. So like, it was nice to just have a few years of that, of just like What was it like crazy. playing those shows and not having that pressure of having to basically be the front person of a band? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I got to just like tour like 10 months out of the year with like five different bands, you know, and just like, just play, just play and have fun and hang out. <laughs> do you think any of them like informed... Uh, your music on your new record or kind of informed your songwriting after playing with them like change shit around I don't a little think bit? so like the writing the record just was like it just it felt like it felt back when I was just sitting in my bedroom writing Erg's songs you know like just kind of just picking up a guitar playing a couple chords like spitting out a melody and like you know it was definitely it's the it's the same process I was going I was doing when I was doing the Erg stuff was it, I mean, sort of talking about when they broke up and was it like, because I feel like sort of what you're saying about loving music and all that stuff, when you're in a band for a long time too, mm-hmm. so much of your identity becomes like, well, I'm Mikey from the Ergs. Like yeah. everyone knows me as Mikey Erg. Like, right. was it weird when that wasn't a thing and you're like, because I feel like that happens and you're like, wait, who am I? Because I kind of define myself by this thing that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. I mean, I kind of just kept going with, because everybody, everybody knew me as Mikey Erg and right. I just was like, okay, it's my like Sid Vicious or whatever, you know, like it's my, <laughs> my punk, my punk name. And I just kind of just kept going. So you're with saying it. you just kept doing stuff instead of like thinking about like, who am I? Yeah. Do, why do I yeah, exist? Yeah. I just was like, let okay, me that's a better fucking approach. play as yeah. much as possible. You know, like, do you feel like as you've gotten, as we've gotten become adults, <laughs> like, is it, is it, cause I feel like it's. Like, some people just have to be on tour. And yeah. I feel like I'll, I'll sleep on floors, but, like, I used to think it was romantic, and now I just, like, I kind of hate it. I'm always... And not even because I think I'm better, but just because, like, stuff just hurts all the time. Yeah. I <laughs> no, mean, just, what kind of keeps you, I guess... Everyone goes Yeah. Like, I just, like... It's, like, I don't mind... Yeah, it's, like, just my, my hip hurts, my back hurts. What kind of keeps you, I guess, excited about it as we get I, so old? 
I, I mean, I love the traveling aspect of it. I mean, I love like, shit, I'm in Chicago tonight. Like, I'm in LA tonight. This is, this is awesome. I'm in Australia. You know, it's like, especially, yeah, when you get to That's go to like- That's a crazy tour. Chicago, LA, then it's, Australia. I mean, it's <laughs> global, global booking from uh, the Black Flag days. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, a lot of it is just, is just getting to travel yeah. and doing that. But also like, you do it long enough like now all my all the friends that you stay with now are like married and have a house and you're not sleeping in like the weird punk house anymore right. most times <laughs> definitely run into a couple like on the last couple of tours where it's just like oh this is the this is what it used to be every night and there's no way I could do that anymore yeah i find it's sometimes um i don't know if you come across this but like the people who you used to stay with that are now married mm-hmm. and have kids and stuff it's almost like you can't really bring a band there anymore. yeah yeah sometimes so especially if there's kids or yeah. like boy i'd have to meet some new like 23 year old yeah. to convince them to let my band of like people in their mid-30s crash yeah, to their running, floor like that's that just kind of creepy you know <laughs> and sound I mean, yeah but and sometimes like there's certain bands that i've played in that like can just do the hotel thing every night which is kind of nice too although like doing that every night you kind of miss like you lose the hangout yeah. with your uh, friends from that town like you know so it's like it's nice to have a weird uh, a balance if you if you can yeah what what do you sort of do generally like when you're in town not on tour like when you're just in new york aside from dj at b-side <laughs> <laughs> lately it's just it's been my job has been the chris gethard show which is okay pretty fucking sweet yeah can you talk about that chris has been on the podcast i haven't seen him in a while but it seems like yeah he's he's rad um yeah it's just i mean so it was i'm I'm like it's it's kind of like so esoteric to me exactly what it was on cable access now it isn't yeah it was i mean it started out as a stage show at ucb okay uh, once uh once a month i think and um and i did that on and off like while when i was in town as then, like a guest or as uh, like, like in the as the drummer of the house okay, band gotcha um and then it went to public access for like four years and again like it started out i wasn't a part of it and then like i joined kind of like a year in and then did that whenever i was in town and and then we did a pilot for comedy central that didn't get picked up and then, but then they sent the pilot around, I guess, like a ton of networks and then this network fusion picked it up. And so now we're, we're doing this, uh, it's on this basic cable channel called fusion. And did he recently made a return appearance? Did that happen or something? The what? What did he? Yeah. Oh, did, oh, oh did he? Did he? Yeah, yeah. Did, did he recently? Sorry, <laughs> I was saying Diddy. That's, did yes. I never yeah, know what to, P Diddy, Puff yeah, Daddy. I, I'm not you clear on cool it. When you I'm not clear on it either. Um, yeah, he he did the stage show. I remember like, that. one of the last. I think it was the second to last stage show we ever did. And Chris had been did. trying to make that happen. Yeah, forever. for like a year or two, and okay. it was mind blowing. <laughs> like he was hilarious. It felt like perfectly natural for him to be there. Like he was really funny. And this is at UCB Chelsea. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like, and then the same thing. Like the second episode, like Diddy just shows up at it finally. And same thing. Like he took, like the first thing he did was say, like, I'm going to, I want a group hug from everybody in this studio. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets right in the middle and the entire studio just surrounds him. And he was just, he was so funny. And pretty much what you see on TV is what, like he was, he showed up, 
did his thing and then split. I, that's amazing. It was you rad. played music with Diddy. I did. Don't don't deny that that happened. Well, you played a beat while Diddy rapped over. That's it. that's true. That's pretty crazy. And <laughs> were you thinking while that was happening, like, yeah, no, what? I was like, <laughs> look, I was like, like it was. You know, he was like, I'm going to, you know, do a dance or whatever. And I, like, I was like, oh, no, they're going to call on me to fucking do a beat. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I just kind of had to do it. The funniest thing about that was like, uh, that was the first time we did, we did Boys and Girls and Tentative Decisions as one of the commercial break songs. Oh, yeah. And I was like freaking out because I was like, uh, can we just do this next week? I don't want to <laughs> do this in front of Diddy. And then we started and then Diddy comes up like Two feet of two feet from me and just starts dancing to it and I was just like no, <laughs> no this is crazy. <laughs> um, how I mean, do you like the Gather thing? Is that like a fun yeah, it's, kind of? I mean, it's it's the fucking best. Yeah. Like my job is to play music and laugh my ass off. <laughs> like it's awesome. <laughs> it's you know. I hope it happens again. I hope the third season happens. Yeah, it's really good. Have you seen? Second season, uh, I was second on tour season for almost like, all of it. Yeah. But second season is like, it's Se- like it's it's, it's the epitome back. of what yeah, like it's the Chris the Gethard Gethard show, show should it's be. Awesome. Second, yeah. Okay, I literally first season's great too. They're okay. both they're both great. I don't uh, think I think I've just seen some little, like I remember our singer Jeff did did a, a performance on it, and I watched that with like all these people like dancing, and he was playing really sad. This, like, this sounds crazy. Our singer Jeff did a performance <laughs> on it with all these people <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> uh, but I've seen stuff here and there, but yeah, I haven't seen that much. Yeah, Watch that Diddy episode. It's yeah, a really Diddy good, episode's a really good one. point. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the one with, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the, well, the last one that we did was the, like, a, it's just a wrestling episode, and it's it's amazing. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's the whole thing is just really, like, this season we actually got to do, like, like, Chris pretty much just was, like, any child fantasy that i've ha- ever had like yeah. i want to get i want to shoot hoops with john starks like here we go okay let's do that that's third episode let's you know like it's anything he wanted to do we just got to do yeah and it's it was just like the perfect chris gethard show <laughs> like, I, I hope he does another book i thought his book was so great the book is great yeah I, and i love the podcast too like, he, he, oh the podcast oh, yeah. so have you listened no to i haven't beautiful anonymous is the best podcast i've is heard it, is in it? a long time maybe really? ever it's so good he's so good at these. yeah it's just like people cold calling him and he has to talk to them for an hour like he can't hang up they can hang up but he can't hang up so he has to talk to them for an hour and he just He's so good. He's not always particularly nice. He's no, yeah. always just like <laughs> dropping truth on them. And they're and like, really? people are like, okay. And then yeah. he's just like, yeah, come on. What are you doing here? Yeah, it's I great. Show that out. I, yeah, yeah he's, that sounds up my he, alley. It's not always like that, but like, you know, it's great. It's yeah. really good. And you hear stories from people who you generally would not hear any stories yeah, just, from in our just little people, world. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's so wild. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good podcast. <laughs> Great. I like your Letters Organized shirt, Jonah. Thank you. This is, um, yeah, my old band used to tour with them a lot. This is a real old one. You know, oh, interesting uh, <laughs> offspring connection to this. Of course. Huh. Uh, well, they were on. I've never heard that. They were on Warp Tour with Dexter was flying the plane. <laughs> they were on Nitro. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, and <laughs> they put out this record, Dead Rhythm Machine, that pretty much no one cared about. It was a great record. And then, like, 
four years later, an Offspring record came out that had like a riff from their record, and Uh-oh. they made this whole video about it. But it was sort of before the internet was really like <laughs> you could do that like comparison thing. Yeah. So they like released a statement. And the Offspring were basically like, yeah, like what do you like? Nothing ever happened with it. But there was a time like I was talking. Well, about- did Nitro own the record? So they yeah, own they own the record. Right. They own the riffs. It's Maybe. in the contract. Maybe, but you know, I was talking to someone about this the other night. Like plagiarizing used to be so easy. Like, you, like, like, not even. I'm not even talking it's about. It's so easy. Don't worry. I'm not even talking even about music. But I was like, can you imagine plagiarizing a paper and being like, yeah, like this person's gonna find this fucking article in the magazine, and right. now it must be so hard. There's a kid in my freshman dorm in college who got expelled for getting caught plagiarizing three times, and this was in like 1998. I'm like, you just suck at this, right? <laughs> like, but he also did it three times. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, the more you do it, the, the yeah. easier it is to get caught. Yeah, um, but now you just can get caught doing anything. Like it's hard yeah. to get away with anything. It's really sick when you release a song and you're really stoked about it, and like first comment on YouTube is like, yep. "Hey, this is this song." Yeah, you're just like, yeah. no. I'm wait. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. There's got to be something on this record. Also, that- when oh, you th- I made sure of it. <laughs> when you think you when you think you've thought of an amazing band name, you're like, I wonder if anyone has this band name. Oh yeah, and that happened to me recently. We were I was trying to start this band called Shit God. There's a Shit God. <laughs> of course. There's a, every band name is taken. Every single one. Yeah. Well, that's my curious. Like, what do you think's gonna happen with? Is everything just gonna be like? Like Joanna Gruesome or some weird like pun <laughs> on some in, yeah. like I'm uh, kind of into the idea of every band name being a pun for the or I wonder that's years. what I was I was like wondering if like there's gonna be a band like called like Radiohead Three or something. <laughs> right. like, Radiohead like, Three is a great <laughs> name for a band. That's a great name for a band. <laughs> I mean, but there's only so many words. Like what what's gonna happen? Yeah. No, it is, yeah. No more music. Yeah, no more music. That's all. <laughs> are, are there ever uh well, I know that Laura Stevenson had a problem with another Laura Stevenson. Really? Oh, really? I think so. And uh, I wish I knew more details about it. But Me too. I know that they, I think there was like some sort of, there was definitely a conversation. Huh. Really? I um, hope they were called Laura Stevenson and the Crayons. <laughs> uh, it, it was. you. So you know Laura Stevenson and the Crayons? <laughs> I'm, you're familiar? I, actually, when I had Laura in the podcast, I thought it was the Laura from Laura Stevenson and the Crayons, and I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I know. Um, That's how everyone what? who bought that record is like, this isn't the fucking Crayons? <laughs> what is this? But it, yeah, that is really weird to be like, yeah, you can't. Like this is my name. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many names too for people. And if you're talking about plagiarism, there's only so many ways a chord and a melody totally can I hear truly a lot, happen. Like, I know a lot of actors like once if they join SAG, like there's if there's someone with the same name, they have that's like a lot of actors have their stage names because like oh they join SAG and they're like oh no, there's another you know. There's another Nicholas Cage. Those just because they, they sounded too Jewish. <laughs> well, sometimes. Uh, have you ever met another Jeff Rosenstock? Uh, no, but there I, I've met one on the internet, one on Facebook, wanted okay. to be friends with me. Um, but no, I have not. It, it's a Rosenstock is not an incredibly common last name, and I think people who usually have the last name Rosenstock don't usually have first names like Jeff. So. <laughs> I lucked out. There's For a, a while, I was just like, this name. When I was like in elementary school and people make fun of my name and shit, it's just like, oh, <laughs> what, what about you, Maggie? Like, anyone else? Not not that I, I, there's, I've seen a lot of Yannicks that are like Y-A-N-I-K. Okay. As as a first name, usually. Um, but I've, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's weird. But uh, 
But yeah, I don't. I don't think I've Yannick ever Michaels. met another. There's there's one other family member Yannick. There's a, one other Jonah Bayer, and he's much younger than me, and he lives in Pittsburgh. And I found this quote he had about a bowling alley that was closing. And I posted something on Facebook, like, just so you know, this isn't me. I would never say it's a dumb fucking quote like this. And I was like, I'm really going to miss the bowling alley. And I was like, this kid is a fucking idiot. And I just like shit-talked him. And no one really thought it was funny. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are close to each other. He's your people. Well, then he actually ended up shit-talking me later. I guess I kind of have a beef with him. So, Jonah, if you're listening, man, let's, let's bury the hatchet. Come on. Have, have him on. Yeah, we should. Yeah, have him on. I think it's like in you high, should get everybody like named Jonah Bayer on your podcast and see what happens. He's great. Like, who is this adult like attacking me? <laughs> Oof. Gotta pick your battles, right, guys? You gotta pick your battles. Yeah. Um, so what's what's your sort of plan for sort of like the rest of your like do you like being on the road a lot or do you sort of do it more in like sort of stints like are you doing like do. still two yeah, month tours like being on the like, road i i it's it was no, it's nice to have like the gather show thing to have to like just be around for months at a time and be paid for playing and music. be paid for like, playing that's, music. that's the dream that yeah. never happens no, i know <laughs> and i'm about to start doing a whole bunch of not get, being paid for playing music i suppose like <laughs> but uh yeah like but yeah it's cool to have the balance of like well now i'll just you know from june until indefinitely i'll just fucking tour this record and like you know have a good time and just you know play a bunch of music and then you know hopefully come back to another get third show season or f- figure out what else to do <laughs> um yeah I'm, how, how easy do you think it is to get a job bartending if you're a touring musician i've thought about this a lot i wonder i mean if you just put it out there like hey i want to bartend in New York you i'll have be to- fine at it I think you but don't. You have to like have a like you don't to guess take a I've course guessed or whatever. Before okay, and I didn't do anything. It's like guest, okay. po- guest podcast hosting. <laughs> yeah, basically, and like and uh, listeners, I didn't take my podcast certification. Yeah. You should know that it's true. Going into it's this, true. It's really putting your prime around this thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I always wonder how easy it is just get a bartending thing or just it's all about who just you go know. on tour, right? It's all about. Well, who you I'm know. asking you. Yeah. I, I don't you know. I don't know anybody. Besides, just get me in there. Yeah, how is that? I, I, uh, it's cool. I always want to go, and then I never go. It's you know. I, <laughs> I go together. We should because there's no like turntables, but like so I just bring my laptop and my hard drive, and just fucking. It's just an excuse for me to like go through my hard drive and be like, oh, I haven't listened to this song in five years. Like, let me yeah, th- I let would me throw on this all, weird Dinosaur Junior B side that I, I would imagine it was all like Horace Pinker and stuff. It's, and like no, Pink Lincolns and stuff, and like it's a lot of a lot of parasites. It's a lot of stuff that no one else would really want to listen yeah. to. <laughs> but good, yeah. I mean, no one really cares. So, do you still do a lot of like record collecting, like sort of? Yeah, I do. I've kind of like stopped. Just, I mean, I just can't afford really to like buy a ton of records. And like the the way I'm, the way I was was like if I got into a band, like I couldn't just get one record i had to get every record and like listen to them in order and make sure that i had like make sure i was complete you know record record you're saying record record or cd i had a you know i have a pretty gigantic cd collection since most of my life was just cds yeah i didn't get i started buying i mean i was buying vinyl very early on like you know when i was five and six (laughs) um oh yeah and then copies of thriller yeah i had a few copies of thriller first Um, press First press. Well, I don't know if it was first press, but um, 
but yeah, ever since like 80, cause my dad like owned a recording studio. So we had, we had a CD player like super, super early on. So then I started buying CDs like really early. Would you go to the studio when you were a little kid? Yeah. Like I pretty much grew up in it. Really? And like. That was in Jersey? Yeah. Okay. In Saraville. Uh, Slippery When Met by Bon Jovi was demoed and written there. No way. <laughs> do you have, the do, claim do, to do you have any of the demos? Well, Slippery you know, When Wet is such a I, gross name for a record. <laughs> it is a gross name for a record. <laughs> yeah, um, it really is a gross name for a record. I never really thought <laughs> about it until just now. <laughs> Especially that weird picture on the inside where it's them and like a bunch of women like washing a car. <laughs> it's gross. Um I don't have any of the demos, but I, I and I went back and like looked for them, yeah. kind of, and I, someone someone must have taken them. We did have them for a for a while. I remember, really? like, I have a vivid had memory. Yeah, I mean, I was there when they were recorded, and I so I have a vivid memory of that. And then I have a vivid memory of like at like ten or eleven, just like throwing the two inch sixteen track tape up on the on the on the on the machine and just like listening to like a weird demo of never say goodbye that's like john bon jovi like had strep throat or something like it's like he's like never say like he's just just trying to get the melody down on tape and like it's this cool demo that i totally remember like that's so holding wild. the tape and putting it on and like listening to it and then eventually they just disappeared i don't know where they ended up i'm curious like it, knowing like the world whatever we come from like a band like bon jovi to me they just seem like a band that like just one day played like three shows, got signed to a major label, and were like a huge band. I mean, did bands yeah. like that like tour like this circuit and like cut their teeth and then eventually just and you? I, I, we I just think know their teeth when, for as long as we. Like, how does I mean, that they happen? They were definitely like a shore band for a while, yeah. and then like I mean, the, and Slippery when Wet was their the third record, and the first record, first two records were like on the same major label, but I, they just didn't really do anything. Like, I it never definitely knew that. wasn't it. I mean, it, it's, it was so long ago, so I could be misremembering, but it definitely wasn't, like, a big deal. Like, I didn't know who they were. They were just this band yeah, that I were, think like, in, general, in the studio. It was just, like, this different vibe of, like, a, a record label would give you a bunch of records yeah. to make and treat you well and give you tour support and let you just kind of, like, work on being a better band so yeah. that your third record can right, be right, slippery right. and wet and can have those songs I guess on. that just doesn't happen now. Uh, no. No. No way. <laughs> In no well, way. Because we had... We, on indie labels or big labels. We did know? a podcast with Chris, the singer for the Spin Doctors, uh, and I just was like, wow. oh, who... I love that podcast because I'm a huge... That's one of my... Most people will call them a guilty pleasure. I fucking am right out front. I love the Spin Doctors. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite bands, and I was just like, "Fucking awesome!" Yeah, and it was I such really a good like the interview. Spiral, the spiral, the, the, oh, yeah. the logo, the, the yeah. logo, <laughs> great logo. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, but yeah, but so yeah, and he would just, you know, you listen to Chris. He just talked yeah. about how they would like play the Continental, get paid like twenty bucks, yeah. like every weekend. Like it's like you see hear a band like that that was has the most played song, yeah, of like nineteen ninety four, and you're like, I just assume this band just like some execs in the audience and then they're like a huge band yeah i you know i feel like because I, I always think about how it seems like weezer just came out of nowhere and i don't know anything about the backstory about like yeah. what happened before that that first record you know like because it just seemed just, like they were kind they of were like a metal a band too weren't they wasn't they were metalish, but i know that like matt sharp really liked the this is i know this is what <laughs> i feel like i've read which means like maybe somebody dropped it told that book the river's edge but it was so oh, yeah. long ago, I can't remember it. Uh, I think that Matt Sharp like showed Rivers the Pixies. It was like, hey, you're listening to this metal shit. I think you'd like this. And he was like, oh. And then that became it. Gotcha. I 
think? That sounds. This is such hearsay. That sounds sounds believable. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the true story. Okay. You got Um, it. But I don't know. They're like, what? They're abandoned. LA, right? So maybe that's just kind of the vibe yeah, down there, you know? It, yeah, it just seemed like they came out of nowhere. Was there really a lot of indie culture happening in the early 90s in Los Angeles? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like in rock music, you know? I've been reading I that NoFX book, and oh. so much about it is like them coming up in like as like teenagers in like the LA punk scene in the 80s, and it's yeah. so insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wild. It seems so dangerous and so crazy. I get scared just reading about it in yeah. my apartment. I'm like nervous. <laughs> I'm like, someone going to stab me? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good book. It is such a good book. Fine, I'll read the book. Read the book. I'll lend it to you. <laughs> Fine. Thanks. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, Chris Gethard Show, Mikey Erg, what? but what's like your thing like when you're not playing drums, not listening to records, like what do you like to do maybe people don't know? Like do you oh. like to go camping or something or like... I'm boring. I just like yeah. to watch movies and read books and listen to records. Do you go down a lot of like YouTube yeah. tales or... Yeah. Yeah. Those are- <laughs> that's, that's what I do. It is cool that, that like all that shit's up that like, you know, every concert that like you weren't at yeah. is all up on YouTube and it's just like... Yeah, that shit is so interesting. And I go, I go down like Wikipedia wormholes. Every okay, day. those yeah. are good. Just like spend, just like oh shit, I've been here for eight hours just reading Wikipedia articles. <laughs> I go and I go like, like a lot of like not real dangerous accidents, but like funny forklift accidents, trampoline, yeah. escalator, like anything that involves <laughs> parkour. Escalator, escalator's great. That sounds because someone will sort of bloody. No, it's not. Most of them are not that bad. A lot of it's people going, trying to go in between the two and like spin around, oh. and then just like <laughs> falling. Cool. Or sometimes it is people falling, and then they like fall, but then they keep going up. So I gotta take it back. Like pre- sounds great. I'm a pretty bad person. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, they're fucking bad at being on escalators. Yeah, how hard is it, man? Yeah, just it's it's one of the easiest things to do yeah just stand there but lately i've been really into i discovered uh because one of these videos went viral kids parents filming kids who just wake up from being on anesthetic oh Oh, and there's all these compilations of these kids and it's so funny how do you feel about those parents i think i think i think here's what i think here's my actual thoughts on this because uh, I've thought about it a lot by myself and no one's ever asked me about it. Good. I think I would totally tape it and enjoy it with like my wife or whatever or like show it to like our family. I think the idea of putting it up on the internet is weird. It is. Because it's totally so weird. embarrassing and it's so, it's weird. I think and it's like, weird. Who are they doing that for? Themselves I don't know. To like get some sort of notoriety? I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah, that of... little dopamine when there's another view yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty strange. The comments. They're yeah. looking for those comments. Yeah, they're waiting for the comments. <laughs> like, hey, your kid's dumb. I, we, uh, we, so, um, yeah, me and Vanessa do that web series, and it's so funny because the comments are like, who is this bitch? <laughs> yeah, people just don't know. Well, it's, it's, just like, it's just like, why did Drake agree to get interviewed by her? She doesn't know anything. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like six comments down, someone would be like, Right, she's a comedian. This is like a comedy series. Like yeah. Drake doesn't just like show up to stuff, <laughs> and then, and then literally it just starts over. Who is this? Why did Drake? And it's like <laughs> it just goes on for yeah. infinity. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the internet. 
We have all the information right there, and we do not care. Do you guys ever, <laughs> if you guys say, like, whatever noisy premieres or something, whatever, uh, no, it's, do you guys ever read comments Plug about... noisy over yeah. here. Oh, hell yeah. Well, let's say noisy, whoever. <laughs> anyone. Because, noisy, for uh, example. Like, do you guys ever read comments? It's the first thing I do. Really? I yeah, do it before I read the article. I can't read... <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I try to stop myself, and yeah. I, just, I need... I need that. Do you ever read a comment and because this has happened with the podcast and this is the worst. And it doesn't really bug me unless you read something and you're like, "Ooh, that's you're right." Like someone's <laughs> yeah. making fun of something and you're like, "This person actually like nailed it," and <laughs> that's why I'm so upset. I feel yeah. like I don't read negative comments without thinking that they're right. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just like, "Shit." Ah, and the other people are just people you've somehow fooled into thinking you're good. Yeah, it's like these yeah, people are idiots. Great. This yeah. one who's saying that I'm a fat dumb idiot. Like <laughs> this guy knows what's up. This guy knows the real me. <laughs> the real me. Um, yeah, it's hard though. Like it's it's uh it is weird. It is weird. Yeah, I mean, there was a time when you just read a review and that's what you read. Yeah, like, you, there were no like. You just read the Maximum Rock and Roll review of yeah. your band, and if it was good, you were like, hell yeah. Yeah, that's Give me, give me the days like, of only negative reviews, not yeah. negative reviews with negative comments. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found... The old days. <laughs> I, although, I found some of my old zine reviews. I, I, brought, an old, oh. I brought some old zines for you guys. Actually, oh, that was just at my parents' house. I want them. And yeah. uh, I was such an insufferable dick like i'm yeah. so mean for no reason <laughs> and i can picture How myself old were you i was like 19 yeah. and i can picture myself in my apartment like no girls liked me right like i was like just so and i was just like i my only like real power was like just like writing insults about people <laughs> i didn't know yeah. who were just trying to make art <laughs> <laughs> even in the zine we had a whole section of zine reviews in our zine <laughs> and even on those i was like this is the most unprofessional thing it's like of a course it is a couple years ago at fest uh gethard was doing like a stand-up set and someone brought him his old zine from like <laughs> from jersey <laughs> so he just made his whole stand-up set that day like him reading oh. the old, like him reviewing Four Minute Mile or something, be like, yeah, this, yeah. this sucks or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it must, yeah. Like he it's, was so angry with whoever, <laughs> whatever band he was interviewing. Like, all my questions were so confrontational, oh, too. My God. Like, I, I interviewed the descendants for my zine when I was like <laughs> 14 or 15 years old. And I only knew the record Everything Sucks. But my friend loved the descendants. Um, so we wrote all the questions, but he didn't want to ask them because he was shy. And then all Who did the you questions, uh, Carl. Okay. And so all my questions, which I didn't look at before I went into it, were like, "Why is everything sucks so so lame and stupid? Why don't you make cool music like you used to? Was your friend why European? Are why are Frank and whoever like why are they losers and they quit the band? Well, and I'm just like, holy I, and shit, Carl. Really, and I was like, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> like I I personally don't think that this record's quieter. Like we have songs like Coffee Mug and Eunuch Boy, which are as fast as anything that we've ever done. I think it sounds great. Uh, asked me like, hey, do you know the song Suburban Home? And I was like, no. He's like, okay, so, all right. You don't know the song Suburban Home. <laughs> and like trying to like connect like why I'm asking these questions, but I don't know the most popular old Descendants song basically. <laughs> And that was that was a nightmare. Well, that, and that, I like and I I never interviewed anybody else again. My zine stopped. <laughs> well, that's also the, the flip side of my question because I couldn't believe 
on the other side, how nice everyone was. Like, yeah. I'd be like anti flag. I'd be like, so why are you guys punk? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's just like, what the fuck? I would have been like, I'm not doing this. Uh, um, I bet because those people were teenagers once too, right? And asked people questions like that, and yeah. it goes on and on. And anytime someone asks, like, anytime like doing an interview with like a teenager for a zine, I'm always just like, this rocks, yeah. And you just gotta go for it and embrace the craziness. Well, what's also, <laughs> I also like kind of miss that. But I feel like now I'm like so self conscious about things. I'm so scared I'm gonna offend anyone ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless it's the offspring. Um, so I kind of missed that part of me where I was just like, I'm going to say what's on my mind. Like, I think I could have had a little more of a filter, but now I almost feel like sometimes I have too much of a filter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the pendulum's going to swing back the other way on all that shit pretty soon. You know, I think you could say, I think, I don't know, just be truthful, be honest, right? Do you, can you think of what the turning point was where you like wrote a negative review or a negative thing about a band and you were like, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. Do you want to say who it was or no? It's almost, uh, well, I d- yeah, I mean, like I've talked about it. Like I did it, I did it to Chris Conley when uh, In Reverie came out mm-hmm. and we had like a big thing about, it. I told him it was like, I reviewed the record and said it was a step backwards for him. <laughs> and he was like, how can I make a step backwards with like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I would say it's less of that and more, um. The stuff I felt the worst about writing about music is, like, when I have to, like, I'm sort of forced to get into people's, like, personal lives and they don't want to talk about it and I don't want to talk about it and I feel like some weird tabloid reporter. Yeah. And, like, that to me just makes me feel gross. And it hasn't happened that much, but that that to me is, like, I don't know how people do that kind of stuff because you just feel yeah so slimy and it's, like, these are people's lives and it's, like, they're not your friends. Have there been any questions about the new record that you've been asked that, like, you feel are intrusive? You're just like, please, not, I don't want to talk about this. No, not really. I mean, the funny thing is, like, just, like, people asking about what the songs are about, and I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. They kind of just happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I guess I can, if I really, but I, I don't like, I like people being able to just, like, you know, take what they can, you know. Cause that's the. I don't believe but, that you don't know what the songs are about. I know age. what some of them are about. <laughs> I know but, you know what some but, of them are about. We talked about but, it. But, but you, like, what was it? Like Boys and Girls and Tentative Decisions. I was like, I don't know what this song's about. Like, I couldn't put my finger on it. I don't know. It was but weird. You don't, do you get people that were like, ugh, I love the Ergs, like your other stuff, like whatever. But like, what's up with... I mean, no one's... I don't think anybody's actually said that to me. I never interviewed you for my zine, I guess. But it's, <laughs> it seems... I mean, I don't know. Like... I, I guess that I guess that will happen because I haven't really done much. Like I put out a couple singles, but yeah. Like, but now that now the now album's you have out, that to look forward to. I have that to look forward to. <laughs> I was like, this isn't like, like someone someone said that like it was. It's weird to hear Mikey sing to such a slow tempo. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I, like, I read that too. I was like, this isn't, I was like, this huh, isn't that this, slow. I mean, it does. It, the weirdest thing about going back and doing the Ergs thing, and we did, we just did like a seven inch too. So like, we did a couple new songs, and it was definitely it was funny to listen to him back to back and and hear like, okay, this this it is different. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally different. Um. But it's the same, like, songwriter, same songwriting, but it's just, like, when you get the ergs in a room, we're just automatically, like, like, super fast and just sound like the ergs, and this other thing just sounds like, 
like I don't know. It is slower, I guess, but it's not like it doesn't. It's it, not slow though. I guess it's not slow, but I don't know what. It more, yeah, it's more of a. It's know, got more bounce. It's got a different kind of bounce yeah. to it. Yeah, true. How's the mid range mid range frequencies on the new record? Oh, oh I let me tell you, yeah. I'm not a big fan of some of those mids. Yeah, but s- some other mids got a boost. Gotta, gotta, yeah, <laughs> got to scoop them sometimes. Though. Oh, he's yeah. gonna do that I'm, scoop. I'm, I get in danger. <laughs> this is so fucking boring. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in danger. So what of, microphones did you use? I'm doing the mid range scoop a little too yeah. much. Oh yeah. Do you remember when I was like learning like Megadeth and all that stuff? They're always yeah. like. Gain ten, mids zero. Like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, you can't do that. That was like the, the like I remember reading like the, the way to get the metal guitar tone is bass ten, treble ten, mid zero. Like, and then everyone was like the way to get that like fat records like drum sound. They like you got to tape a quarter on your your yep, bass drum. I remember head. that. Got tape a quarter. Tape on your a bass? quarter on the bass drum, yeah. and then they uh, actually started making. I think like Evans or something started making like those little like rings that you put where your where the beater hits really but they had like a metal piece in it to make it clickier and they, they definitely sold those for a while i you I, I used it for a bit look <laughs> shout out shout out to ryan green yeah like fuck yeah. making records is not just in the drum sound he's made some amazing records oh for sure but fuck, for sure could you imagine how good those records would sound if those drums didn't sound so fucking insane yeah. i was listening to some of those records recently, I was weird. I was like, "This doesn't even sound like an." It sounds like it does. It's so compressed. It doesn't even sound like an. Ins, it doesn't sound like what drums sound like. No. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. The kick drum is definitely like a. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. I, I'm just yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. And it's crazy. I, yeah, I don't know. So what kind of mic pre's did we use? In, no. yeah. oh, we recorded off the tape. <laughs> Joe Reinhardt from Hopalong oh, yeah. did all did all the hard stuff. He did, he did a great oh, yeah? job. Yeah, nice. nice. That was fun. That's I mean, it's still my it's my I love the drum sound. I can't believe how, how it's, it came it's out. the drums in the room. Without like I don't know. There's no like samples or anything. It's a pretty live sounding record, yeah. I think. Like so much of it was just live, you know. Uh which I always think just sounds like you just feel that energy. Yeah, I'm stoked on this record. I yeah. think it's really good. Me yeah. too. You happy with how it came out? Yeah, I couldn't be happier. Like, and it's definitely the happiest I've ever been with like something that I've had a you know, hand in making. Or like, it's just it's the first time I could say like, oh, this this actually sounds pretty much exactly how I wanted it to sound. So thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I still think we could have put more ska on it, but you I know, mean, <laughs> you know, there's always the suggestion came way too late. We'd already had the tracks done. Oh, that's you know, you've heard the test pressing, but you haven't heard, you haven't seen the, you haven't heard oh, the copies yet. Shit, so. we could always pick it up later. <laughs> I saw in your eyes <laughs> that you were just waiting, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> the next next record's gonna be Mad Caddy's Worship. <laughs> oh man, I want yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Man, yeah, make it. Let's go. Let's go start to. Let's go start a ska band. Yeah, fuck it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was so fun, guys. The best time, as you know. Um, Okay, Mikey's album Ten of Decisions is out now. Uh, Thanks to Mikey for coming by. Thanks to Jeff Rosenstock uh, for coming by. Jeff, I feel like has a new record every other month, so. Go to Jeff's website or whatever. Quote unquote records. He Quote releases records. a lot of his stuff. Does it for free. Yeah, cool dude. Yeah, 
Show some respect. Uh, Put some respect on that name. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> uh, if you like this podcast, you can donate. Goingofftrack.com. You can also leave us a nice review on iTunes. You can tweet at us. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to advertise, hit me up. I'm not good at that part, but <laughs> I should get better someday. Yeah, I mean, you know what would bring in more of these opportunities? What's that? If you really took this part more seriously. Yeah, maybe. Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> I've been I've been doing shit all day. <laughs> and I'm doing this now. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to make dinner. And then I got to go DJ. And See, I'm not complaining, but I'm saying, like, I'm not going to spend an hour emailing people being like, here's our statistics. It's like, I, I did the, I've done my part for today. Maybe you should get a producer who can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, you. maybe. Or a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but Seems same like, with you, man. You don't want to do that. You want to go home and hang out with your family. Yeah, but I would love to, like, hold a sheet right now and go... Well, Going Off Track is brought to you by Ciroc Vodka. If you're looking to get fucked up, have Ciroc Vodka. That is the voice. That's the voice of vodka. I'm going to go straight to John Sterling, the voice of the Yankees. That's the only like over-the-top radio voice I can do. If you can get John Sterling to do our Ciroc ads, (laughs) let's do it. Otherwise, please donate at goingofftrack.com. All right, that's enough of us talking. Thanks to everyone, and we'll be back next week. 